We're going to start a new series uh, today for the month of August. It's going to be on Psalms 23. Um, I love Psalms 23. It's a great uh, chapter uh, in Psalm in, in Scripture. And so um, we're going to be walking through that uh, these next uh, few weeks. And so I, I don't know about you, but if you've ever been at a funeral, uh, you might have heard this. Or when somebody's going through something really difficult, this psalm pops up. And uh, it's been uh, one that I've, I've gone to a lot. And in fact, um, my two youngest daughters who are watching, say hello, hey girls, love you. Uh, and they're watching. We pray this prayer almost every night uh, before they go to bed. And uh, so my five-year-old and my eight-year-old, uh, they memorized it probably about five months, six months ago. Um, and so I was, I was impressed that my, my youngest, uh, she, after just a few times of, of praying the prayer together before bedtime, uh, she learned it and she grabbed it. And she, uh, now at night when we, when we pray, if I mess up, they tell me, Hey dad, you forgot a part or Hey, you, you forgot that word. And they just remind me because they've, they've, they're capturing it. They're, they're speaking it. But Psalm 23, a lot of times it's a uh, read uh, at a funeral, but really this Psalm is not about death. It's about life and what can happen in, in life. And so we're going to walk through this psalm. And, um, you know, in, in, in the season that we're in, this is a very appropriate psalm. I, I think any season that's difficult, it's appropriate. And we'll talk about it. But let's just read through the psalm. Um, I, I actually memorized it in the, in the New King James Version. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation, which is a, just a, it's a really good translation. Um, so whether you've learned this a long time ago, maybe you've never heard this psalm, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a heart, it's a, a song and a prayer from David um, to God. And so let's read through this. Psalms 23 says this, all right? It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup, it overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. Just pause for a second. The song we just sang comes from this, this part of the, the psalm. Your, your goodness is, is running after me, right? This is God's uh, his journey on chasing us and being with us and on this journey. And it ends by saying, I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So Psalms 23. Now, when we pray it, we, we, we pray it, uh, I, I just, I memorized it in the King James Version because I grew up with that one. And so my daughters, when they're watching, they're probably thinking he's not even saying the right words because uh, we, we say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? And uh, there's the New Living Translation says, I have all that I need. And we'll talk about that in a second. But um, whatever version it is that you read, man, let it, let it become part of uh, just the, the journey that, that God wants to lead you on in this season. You know, I think when we think through Psalms 23, uh, a lot of times we think of this, you know, he's writing about God being our shepherd, and David was a shepherd before he was king. And uh, we think that David probably wrote, a lot of people think, well, this is nice, you know, young, young shepherd boy writing this song about God being our shepherd, how good he is, all that. Uh, but really, theologians believe that he actually wrote this later on in life after he experienced a lot of very difficult seasons. Uh, in fact, the most likely they said this is probably when he wrote this, probably when his son Absalom was trying to take the kingdom away from him. And so Absalom came in and made a, made a run for power, kicked David out of the kingdom and was trying to kill him. So David was on the run. And so in the middle of that season, um, he, was, he, he most likely wrote this song is what theologians believe, historians believe. And so um, what you can say about the Psalms 23 is this. Uh, Psalms 23 is about a season, it's really about a season of anxiety and the unknown. Um, in, in your life, uh, in my life, in this last five months, I don't know about you, but that, that pretty much explains the COVID season, right? 
There's a little bit of anxiety. There's a little bit of unknown in our world with all the things that have just transpired the last few months and, um, you know, with, with things that are just going on. It's a season, a lot of times, of anxiety unknown. Maybe you're watching today and you're in a season of anxiety unknown. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe a financial issue. There's anxiety and unknown. David, he knew exactly what we were feeling even many thousands of years ago, right? As he wrote this song of explaining, in the middle of what I'm going through, I know that there's that God has something for me, and if I would put my attention on the right place, I can make it through this season. So whatever season you're in, and whenever, especially when you're in a difficult season of anxiety of something that's unknown, uh, this is a great psalm that will hopefully encourage you and help you to do it. In fact, I think the purpose of this psalm is actually to give us strength in the, in the middle of struggle. So you'll get strength in the midst of struggle. That when you find yourself maybe struggling, maybe faltering, maybe uh, have a lot of questions, maybe you're going through something difficult, that in the middle of that, it would actually give you some strength in the middle of the struggle. Now, that's my prayer as we go this next month through it, uh, that we would say, God, what is it that you have for me to learn so that I can, um, I can walk in, in the purpose that you designed for me uh, during, even during the, the hard seasons? And so we're going to walk through this psalm for the next four weeks and just walk through it and uh, talk about the different aspects that are there, what it means, the significance to David, uh, the significance of, of shepherding, um, and, and how that applies to us today. And so today, uh, my, my encouragement, my challenge would be this, that as you listen, uh, that your heart would be open, and that this week, this would be something that you would begin to allow God to work in your life, right? You, you'd be open to what he has to do. And so if, whether you're new to church or new to the Bible, maybe you've never heard this psalm, psalm before, uh, I just encourage you to be open, uh, because I believe uh, that this psalm will have something to encourage you and to inspire you and even give you uh, hope and encouragement as, as we go through the seasons. Um, one of the reasons I teach my daughters this, to, to pray, uh, because I want them to realize that God is, is, is a good God and that there are some good things he has in, in store for them if they will follow his lead. And so we're going to walk through this. So let's look at the first line of, of Psalm 23. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. Those first three words, they say it all about this psalm. The Lord is. The Lord is. So when David starts his psalm, he's saying, all right, this psalm is about God and his nature and his character. In fact, what's fascinating about this psalm is if, as you study it and, and you, you, you see that David actually use, uses major names of God in the Old Testament. So there was uh, uh, words, that, names that they would use for God, like Jehovah Jireh, which we'll talk about in a second. Jehovah is God, and then there's a, a, a compound word that goes with it that, that brings an aspect of God's nature and character into it. And this psalm, throughout the whole psalm, every, every uh, statement that he's making is referring to a different aspect or character of God's nature, who he is. And so he's saying the Lord is. I want you to know who the Lord is. And, and, and he goes through this, um, um, this process of saying, um, in the middle of, of your struggles, know that God is God, that he's strong. It, it, it starts with God, that we can't forget that it starts with God. And so David is, is telling us, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to our relationships, if we'll start with God, you're going to find strength in the struggle. You're going to find peace in the storm. You're going to be able to see a bigger picture if you allow God to work in your life. So he's saying the Lord is. Don't miss that. That God, it starts with God. And then he goes to the next part is this. He says that the Lord is my shepherd. It's a, it's a, it's a personal statement he's making. God is not just God and powerful, but he's also a personal God. He's, he's somebody that I can know and have a relationship with. And so David is saying this, that he's a personal God who desires a personal relationship with, with us, with you, with me. He's a personal God who wants a personal relationship with you. He wants to have a, a, a relationship that he, he, he can help you on the journey, help me on the journey. Too often we think of God as a disconnected being in the sky that just wasn't watching. And, and the whole time he's saying, no, I want to have a relationship. 
Just like he did with Adam and Eve, he came and walked in the garden and talked to them, right? And he's, he's inviting us into that same kind of relationship that he is um, wanting to know us. In fact, for us as a church, this is the, the first purpose of our church. We want people to know God. We want people to know God. We work so hard to try to help people to know the one that he loves them, but, and he wants to have a relationship with them. But at some point, we want them to experience God for themselves. I don't know if you've had this experience yet. If you haven't, we'd love to help you on this journey. And in fact, at the end of this service, I'll give you an opportunity if you never made that decision to follow Christ. Maybe you're ready today um, that you will begin to say, God, I want to know you. I want to know your purposes for my life. I want to trust you and follow your lead as, as I go through life. And we're going to invite God into that, all right? And so we have to understand that when we know God, David is saying the Lord is my shepherd. He's saying essentially God takes care of my needs. He takes care of who I am. He takes care of, uh, of, of the deepest things that are going on inside of me. And when David says the Lord is my shepherd, really he's comparing himself to a sheep. So if God is a shepherd, I'm the sheep, he's, he's, he's making, he's, has this relationship. In fact, one of the first major names of God is, is the Lord my shepherd. He's, he's somebody that's guiding and directing and helping us on this journey. Um, and so over and over, the Bible compares us humans to sheep and God as the shepherd. And he's trying to lead us on this journey. Um, so like this picture of a sheep here, um, you know, cute little animals, but they're very dumb. And they're the most defenseless animal um, that, that almost on, on the planet. Um, but they're really, they're really not that smart. In fact, now let me tell you a story about some sheep in Turkey. All right. In 2005, there was a group of four shepherds who were in charge of watching the village's sheep. So I guess they had all these families invested and bought a lot of sheep, and these shepherds were supposed to be watching them. So there's close to about 2,000 sheep in this, in this group of, uh, in this big herd, and these four shepherds were watching them. Well, one of the shepherds had this idea to say, hey, let's go to the tavern, and you know, let's just go and, and take a break and take it easy. And, and the other guys were like, you sure it's going to be okay? The sheep are going to be like, yeah, they'll be fine. We're always watching. There's a ton of them. They should be fine. Let's go. So they go and have some drinks, and before they know it, they have too much drinks, and they kind of forget about the sheep. And so one of the sheep has this idea uh, that he knows where to go, and so he starts walking, and it turns out it, 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 he doesn't know where he's going, and, and there's a cliff. And instead of stopping turning around, he jumps off the cliff. And so sheep number one, off the cliff. Well, sheep number two sees this one and says, huh, a new path, right? So sheep number two jumps off the cliff. And then sheep number three. You get where I'm going with this, right? And then four and five and six. Two, almost 2,000 sheep plummet off the cliff, right? The, the interesting part of this story is the first 450 die. The, the next 1,500, they survive because of the pillow of, of dead sheep that was on the ground that when they land, it kind of cushioned their fall so they didn't die. The, the first 450, they, they learned the hard way. They died. Uh, the next 1,500 survived because of the pillow that was below. Uh, we'll, we'll put the, the story, if, if, I know you're probably thinking like, that's not true. I'll put the story in, in the notes. You can see the, um, the link there. You can go read more about it. But anyways, there's 2,000 sheep go over a cliff because one decided to go off the cliff, right? And their shepherd wasn't watching, but they, they decided to follow each other off the cliff. They're not very bright animals. They need guidance. Um, a lot of times I look at people and I think we're exactly like sheep. We need guidance. So this, out of all these sheep, there was uh, 26 families that lost all the sheep that they had. Uh, it, it devastated a few of those families. In fact, it was about $100,000 U.S. dollars that was lost in this event, uh, that, that it, what, it, what it cost. And so, uh, man, cheap, sheep are not cheap. And, and so they, they wandered off and they got lost. Well, listen to what Isaiah says about, about us. He says this in Isaiah 53. The prophet says, all of us, like what? Like sheep, 
have strayed away. We've gone our own way, right? We left God's path to follow our own. Isaiah is saying, us as humans, at some point, all of us, just like sheep, wander off if they're not being watched, wander off if they don't have guidance. That's how we are sometimes. We have strayed away. We, we went our own direction. We left God's path to follow our own. If we're not careful, it's easy to wander and get lost and get distracted in life. And David is saying, in this journey, the Lord, he is my shepherd. I'm trusting him to lead me and guide me. So just imagine David. Right? He's running for his life. His son is trying to kill him because he, know, he wants to be king. He wants to take David out. And so his very own son is trying to, trying to kill him. And so in the middle of this journey, the middle of this difficulty, in the middle of the anxiety unknown as David is running, he, cry, he writes this song and says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my, sh- my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He's, it's a personal relationship, right? It's, 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 God has something for me. Now, here, here's the thing when it comes to, the, to our life, right? Uh, the level of, your, of, of how you thrive in life depends on the quality of the shepherd you have in your life. The 2,000 sheep that went over the cliff, that is not a high quality of shepherds. They didn't really care about the sheep that much if they were willing to leave them for a long time and allow them to go off the cliff. God is not like that. He's a, he's, he's a, a great shepherd, and, and he wants to impact our life. And so if you have a high-quality shepherd, you're going to have a high-quality life. If you'll trust him, he's going to lead you and guide you. Here's the thing about guiding, though. Sometimes when God guides us, it feels like um, it's it, like he's maybe maybe the discipline, maybe the, the, the nose that he tells us. It sometimes it feels hard, right? Like, oh, man, he doesn't love me. No, no, he's trying to get us on the right path. He's trying to lead us on this journey. And David's saying, the Lord is, the powerful God, he is my shepherd. And then notice the next phrase in, in the psalm. So if the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I, I, have all that I need, he says. Um, you know, we tend to live from a, a life of want, right? And he's not talking about want. He's talking about need. He, he's saying in our lives, we really have needs. We have physical needs. We have emotional needs. We have, we have financial needs, spiritual needs. All of these things that really are deep within, things that, that are internal, some are external, and God knows our needs. And David's saying, my God, he's powerful. He's my shepherd. And he, I, because of that, he's going to lead me. I'm going to have all that I need. So he's making a statement of contentment, right? He's, he's making a statement of, of saying, uh, in the middle of this journey, even though I'm no king no more, my son is taking over king, my, the kingdom, I'm running for my life, I still have all that I need. How could David uh, pray such a prayer? Right? He starts it off just by saying, I have all I need. I'm not going to get hung up. I'm not going to get distracted by all the things I don't have. I'm going to say, God, you're taking care of my needs. You're feeding me. Um, how many of you guys paused yesterday and, and realized like, you had food to eat, right? You, you had your needs taken care of. Um, it's, 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 it's a part of being content, realizing, man, God is taking care of me. And today, he's going to take care of your needs today, too. It's, it's a trust of saying, God, I have all that I need. Because here's the truth about contentment. Contentment comes not from, uh, from what we have and how much we have, but from whom we have. Contentment, David is saying, I, I'm content because God is my shepherd. I'm content because he's going to watch out for me. He's going to take care of me. You need to know this, that during this season, whatever you're going through, God's going to take care of your needs. If you allow him to lead you and guide you, he'll help you. Sometimes the, the work is on our part of managing things better. But a lot of times it's saying, I'm going to just trust you, God, to take care of my needs. I'm going to put you first. I'm going to follow your example. And I, I believe that you're going to take care of me. You know, there's another uh, person in, in, in Scripture, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul. He, he, he traveled, right? He was put in prison. He was beaten many times uh, for the faith. Um, um, to the point of death a couple of times and, uh, and locked up and they tried to kill him multiple times. Well, Paul in this journey, when he's in prison, in, in the book of Philippians, he says this. He says, uh, he's talking about how God's taking care of him and he's telling the church in Philippi about his journey. He's encouraging them. 
And his happiest letters come from, church, from, from prison. So the two of the churches, they're from prison. He says this, And this same God who takes care of me will supply your needs from his riches, his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So Paul's saying, guys, as God is taking care of me, he's content, he's finding contentment, he's talking about how he's content, and he says, God, he supplies my needs, he takes care of me. And he says, this same God who's taking care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches. You know, God is, 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 a, is, a, is a wealthy God. He's a successful, he's a strong God. He has the provisions we need. He just wants to be able to look, he's looking for people who can steward it well and use it well so that, and manage it well so that we can be a blessing to others. He always wants to bless us. He just wants to know, are you going to use this blessing just for you or are you going to use it for others? And Paul is saying, learn to be content. It's not in what you have, it's in who you have. It's in the resources, it's in the relationship, it's in the people in your life that, that make the difference. And so Paul is saying, uh, make sure you don't miss this. You know, in, in, when I think of, um, of this psalm and David saying, I have all that I need, right? I think of, of our culture and, and I think of how in, in, the, in the day that David's writing, the shepherd and the sheep, uh, they wouldn't be able to rest if they didn't eat. They wouldn't be able to rest if there was anxiety. They wouldn't be able to, um, to, to be able to, to survive and live if they didn't follow the shepherd's guidance. And David's saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I have all that I need. I have all that I need. You know, uh, one of the things that, that I think drives, that pops up in our culture a lot of times is fear. And one of the greatest fears that I see, especially in the younger generation, but not just younger generation, is the, is the fear of missing out. Right? There's this idea that if I, I'm going to miss out on something that's important. And so a lot of times they'll jump from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And they won't ever get grounded. They won't get planted. They won't ever um, get a little more um, maturity because they're always looking for the next thing. And the fear of missing out, it causes us to sometimes focus on the wrong things. Uh, you know, technology is a great tool, uh, but it can be a horrible master. And I think a lot of times in our culture, technology is becoming a master. Uh, we, we think that if we're not on Instagram or on Facebook or on whatever all the time, that we're going to miss out on what's going on. But the truth is, it actually sucks us into something that's not completely true. You know, Instagram, Facebook, I don't know if you know this, but it's not always 100% accurate. You know, there's a, a small percentage that is very true, and then there's a part that we show the best of everything. It's the highlight reel, right? And a lot of times, we, we have this fear of we're going to miss out, so we got to stay focused. And in this, in this journey, we focus on the wrong things, and we focus on something that's not even physically real, um, and, and we trade something that's digital for something that possibly could be physically real in front of us. And if we're not careful, we become people who live in fear of missing out that we actually do miss out because we're focused on the wrong thing. And David is saying, don't become that kind of person. Trust God. Paul is saying, trust God. My contentment doesn't come from how much I have. It comes from whom I know. It comes from the fact that God is taking care of me. He's providing for me. He's helping me on this journey. You know, I, I think um, when we look at a screen, you have to understand that everything you see is not real. Um, some parts of it are, but a lot of it's not. And, and if, you, if you don't realize that, you begin to believe everything you see as, as truth and as real. Uh, and it's not. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a portrayal. It's an aspect of life. It's not the whole story. And in the middle of, of, of technology, we have to be able to say, God, I need to trust you. Because what happens when we start looking too much at others' um, highlight reel, right? Their Instagram, their Facebook. We start making assumptions about their lives. And we start thinking things about them that aren't true and not real. And we assume that everybody has this perfect life and, and they don't know my struggle. 
Uh, it looks like they're happy all the time, and man, I'm not happy all the time. What's going on? And we spend our whole time trying to impress people, right, with uh, with things that we can't afford or things that we don't even have, um, that, that we don't even know in some cases. People we don't even know or will never see. And God is saying, don't let others become the focus of your attention. Don't let um, wanting and striving for more become the thing that you desire and want. He's saying, I have all that I need. Like, I have what I need. Uh, so sometimes in, in life I meet people and they think, you know what, when I have this much money, then I'll do these great things. When I have this taken care of, then I'll do these things. And a lot of times what happens is the things they want to accomplish just get pushed further and further into the future because they don't feel like they're ready or they don't have enough to do what they really want to do. And, and, and the more they push it forward, the less likely they're actually going to do it. I believe a lot of times the reason we don't have is because we haven't managed what's in front of us well. Whether that's our time or our finances, our relationships, the reason we don't have healthier or better in those areas is because we haven't managed what's in front of us very well. Um, we, we, we make excuses, we make reasons, right, of why we can't. Uh, and here's, here's the danger of excuses. A good excuse usually is, is the worst because you actually begin to believe it. And that excuse keeps you from actually doing it. Well, I'll wait till that time happens. But we, we have to become the people that say, God, I'm going to manage what you've put in my hands well, and I'm going to trust you'll give me more when I need it. In, in my life, I think of the different opportunities that have come my way. Usually the opportunities come when I'm prepared and when I'm ready. Even this building, I think about this building, right? It popped up in the middle of a season that we really needed it. Uh, but here's the thing. We were able to say yes to an opportunity because we managed and we saved. And we have some people in our church that say, hey, we're ready to, to, to partner with you, to help you, to move forward, to do whatever we need to do to accomplish the mission God's put in our hearts. And we're ready for it. We didn't, we didn't wait and wait and wait until, you know, we had everything right. We just said, let's go for it. Let's do it. And then we, we start moving forward. It's being faithful what's put in your hands. And David's saying, if God is, if, if the Lord, king of all the universe, is my shepherd, right, then I have all that I need. In fact, this, this idea of having all that I need it will be the name Jehovah Jireh, God, my provider. So in the Old Testament, one of the names of God would be the God that provides for us. Jehovah Jireh is, is, is the God who has more than enough for our needs. In fact, one of the psalmists says, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. You know how, how, how much resources God has? Think of a thousand hills, think of all the cattle. God has more than that. And, and, and the psalmist is putting the, painting this picture of telling us, trust that God's provision is there when we need it. Let's believe in him. Um, in this season of unknown, even with the, with the economy, right, with COVID, of how it changes things, you have to believe that if you're putting God first, if you're living by the principles he tells you when it comes to finances, you're going to be taken care of. He doesn't fail on his word. In fact, he says, if you'll put me first, right, in Malachi, he says, test me and see that when you put me first, when you give the first fruits, when you are faithful in that, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon you. And remember, the blessings upon us aren't just for ourselves, they're for others, right? Abraham, he says, Abraham, I want to bless you so you can be a blessing to others. When we're faithful, God provides, and we can say like David, we can say like Paul, I have all that I need. I'm content. I believe and I trust that God has more than enough to supply for all my needs to take care of whatever I'm going through, when I'm going through it. So here's my challenge for today for us, all right? Here's my challenge for this week. Uh, would you start praying Psalms 23 um, and memorize it? I mean, write it down, put it on the mirror, uh, write it down and put it in your car um, and begin to pray through it, right? The Lord is my shepherd. For me, I say I shall not want. It's this idea that, God, God I'm, I'm going to be content with what you've given me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me, right, upon, uh, to, to green meadows, to, to, to still waters. He's inviting me on this journey of saying, I have, I have more than enough for you, Eric, if you'll just let me lead you on this journey. He's my shepherd. He's your shepherd. 
is a good starting point when you're a season of uncertainty and of unknown, of anxiety. You have to just begin to say, God, you're God, I'm not. You're in control, I'm not. You're powerful, more powerful than anything I'll face. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my trust in you. You're God and you're my shepherd. It's a choice that we make. God, you're my shepherd. God, you're my shepherd. You're going to lead me. And what it means to be a Jesus follower is exactly that, that he's leading us, we're following. In fact, Jesus actually even uses that analogy a lot of times, that God is the shepherd and his sheep, they hear his voice and they recognize it, right? And they follow his lead. And Jesus says, if you want to know what it looks like to follow God, you hear his voice and you follow his lead. In fact, Jesus goes on and says, I'm the great shepherd. He he, he talks of himself like that. And he says, and this shepherd is going to lay his life down for his sheep. He's going to lay his life down and sacrifice himself so that you can be protected, that you can have life, so you can find the the life that God has for you. In fact, Jesus said, I come so you may have life and have it to the full. You can have life and have it more abundantly. And he invites us into this journey and said, this is the kind of life I have for you. If you'll let me shepherd you, if you'll let me lead you, fact that that first part of the song the lord is my shepherd i shall not want it's an active shepherding process so it's not just some distance relationship like he's my shepherd and every now and then he talks to me no it's on a daily basis that god is leading us to the right path that we need to be on and he's inviting us in that journey and so david is reminding us god is my shepherd i have all that i need god is my shepherd i have all that i need if you don't have it a couple things one you haven't asked for it Two, you're not going to use it the way that would, would be beneficial for you or for others. Um, and three, you just haven't managed what you have now. So in your life, if you don't have something, you have to ask the question, why don't I have it yet, right? Whether that's a, uh, maybe you're looking for a spouse. Why don't you have it yet, right? Sometimes it's this process, I get that. But sometimes we are waiting for somebody else to become that person when we need to become that person. We want more finances, but we're not managing well what we have in front of us. We want a better job, but we're not being faithful and good stewards of the job we have now, right? Work hard now, the next door will open up. Prepare now, the next door will come. Be faithful now, and God will take care of you. And in this process, ask the question, if I don't have, why don't I have? And then just invite God to say, God, you're going to take care of my needs. Right now in this moment, I have all that I need. Thank you for providing. I need more. God wants us to pray for those things, but he's saying, but learn to manage what you have now, and God will lead you on this journey. So my challenge this week, would you start praying Psalm 23? For this month of, of, of August, let it become a prayer. Um, in fact, it takes 30 seconds to pray this prayer. Once you memorize it, or just read it on a card or your Bible, once you, you read through it, it takes 30 seconds. You know, that's about the time, a little more than they say when you're washing your hands. Maybe you can memorize it, and every time you wash your hands, you say this prayer. Maybe in the morning before you go to work. Maybe at night when you're laying down. You know, they say count sheep when you can't rest. This is a great way to think about sheep and shepherds. They say, God, you're my shepherd, and actually I'm the sheep. And today I'm counting my life and I'm saying, how was it? And, and use this moment to say, God, how can I um, use my life to, to help others? How can I live in such a way that you're leading this journey? So memorize Psalm 23. Pray it. Believe it. And the next few weeks we're, we're going to walk through the different ideas of that. Uh, but two major names of God that we've already seen is, is the Lord, my shepherd, and Jehovah, uh, my provider, Jireh, my provider. So God is our shepherd and he's our provider. He takes care of us. And this is what David is trying to teach us in Psalms 23, is that God is a good God, and when we follow his lead, he takes care of us. We don't have to fear the things that are out there, the unknown, the anxieties, because God's going to lead us even through that process. And when you trust God, you'll find more peace in the middle of the storm. You'll find strength in the middle of the uncertainty. You'll find strength in the middle of the struggle. And so my prayer this week, as, as we find ourselves in situations where we're anxious, that we pause and say, God, you're my shepherd. 
I shall not want, or I shall I have all that I need. God, you're my shepherd. The Lord's my shepherd. I have all that I need. And get in the habit and a routine of saying, God, I'm going to put my attention back on you. There's something amazing when you take your eyes off of maybe something that's weak, maybe something that's, that's difficult, and you put it on something stronger, right? I don't know if you ever had this moment where you look at the mountains and you see these, these massive, you know, the, 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 the ridge line of the mountains, and you think, man, that, that is awesome. Those are strong, strong. They're powerful. They're big, right? I'm small. They're big. When we look at God, that's the same thing that we see. God is big, and we're small. Um, and, and we begin to see the strength is in him, not in ourselves. And he invites us into this journey. So my prayer is Psalms 23 will encourage all of us to do that. All right? Awesome. Hey, if you're watching today, uh, before we end our service, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe the Lord is not your shepherd, and you're like those sheep that have wandered off, and you're doing your own thing. Um, we, we see it, you know, in people around us. They just wander off, and they find those cliffs. And, they, and sometimes they fall, and they hurt. And sometimes it damages their lives. And sometimes they get close to the edge, and... Uh, by God's grace, sometimes he saves us from that. But maybe you're here, you're watching today and God is not your shepherd. And today you want to change that and say, God, I want to lead. I want you to lead me. I want to follow your example. I want to follow what you're asking me to do. Um, so if that's you today, I want to give you an opportunity to, to say a prayer and that would invite God uh, to be your shepherd, to be your, your leader, to be your guide, right? That's what it means to follow Jesus, to be a Christian, is to follow Jesus, being a, a Christ follower, following his example. So if you're watching today and you're ready to make that decision to follow him, would you pray this prayer with me? All right? Here's how it goes. You say, you say, Father God, thank you that you want to know me and you want me to know you. Today, I invite you into my life. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on that cross to give us an example of how to live, that he's alive today. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my past Forgive me for wandering off. Forgive me of my mistakes, my sins. Today, would you give me a new start? Help me to hear your voice. Help me to recognize what you're asking me to do. And help me to follow your example. I put my trust in you. I follow your lead. Be my shepherd. Be my leader. Be my God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.